My name is Ezra Kuchars. I lead uh, CBS Local Digital Media across CBS, and it's kind of an interesting role. I, I lead the digital business across CBS's radio and TV stations that we own, and we have a large, vibrant music business across those things. Today, I'm not going to be here to announce like uh, any major uh, app release, anything disruptive from a an app or a technology standpoint, we're going to talk to you about a little bit thing here, uh, our, our view of the world and how it's, uh, it's kind of evolving into integrated media. And, uh, you know, four years ago, um, I was brought into CBS to kind of take a look at the way we were doing things. And the, the story I'm going to tell today is a little bit about that journey over those four years about how do you get the digital business talking to the broadcast business and working together. And when you think about it, I'm one of the digital leaders within CBS in a very large broadcast business. And um, you know, I know some of you in the audience, and we work with some of you, and, and we're, we're different than most organizations in that we feel that digital and broadcast should be integrated together. It's really about uh, a building block approach. You've got to crawl before you walk and run. And uh, what we've all discovered along this path is um, simplicity wins. Right? The more complicated you make relationships, the more complicated you try to do things, um, it tends not to work. So I'm going to spend about 15 minutes going through this presentation, maybe 20 minutes, and then open up to questions. So as a digital leader within a big media company, I get asked this question a lot. Right? Typically, a lot of people in the digital space say, well, there's broadcast media and digital, uh, digital media, and none shall the two ever touch, and digital media is going to... Uh, destroy broadcast media, and uh, we don't look at it this way, right? It, if anything, the way we look at it is like this. We think all the technologies and platforms can collaborate, grow the business for everybody, both on the digital side as well as the broadcast side. And we've had some interesting success, which we'll talk about today, but what we're here to say is those of you that have technologies or apps or things that can be applied to fans, concerts, shows, that's the business we're in. And so what we've done is we've tried to take those technologies and work with partners and uh, make everybody's business grow and then make a much better fan experience. And the other one we get a lot is this, right? We own Radio.com. You can see iHeart's on there, TuneIn's in there, and, and that's on one side, and that's kind of the, the curated camp, right? That is the uh, content that is curated by program directors on, you know, on radio stations, and on the left side here, you see iTunes, Spotify, and Pandora. It's not an us or them experience. The way we look at it is there's room in the market for both, right? There's algorithms, and then there's curation. So this picture here is Kevin Weatherly, who is our program director of K-Rock in Los Angeles, right? So he's probably one of the you know, most recognized individuals in the alternative rock space, and so there's a lot in the industry where people will pit these two things together, you know, people versus algorithms. And what I'm here to say today is we don't look at it that way. There's room in the market for everybody. And at times they can collaborate. So, you know, once again, we look at it as a winding road where everything kind of works together. And we've had some tremendous successes. We'll, we'll talk about in a minute working with some digital platforms and uh, there may be ways we can work with you all and, and some lessons learned here. So for those of you in the, in the music business or you know, in the radio business, um, it goes without saying images are powerful. 
you're marginalizing yourselves if you say we're just a music business or just an audio business. Images are powerful. So this is an example. This is a photo shot from a show we did with Coldplay with the Kevin and Bean breakfast uh, probably about two years ago. And what we did is we not only broadcast the show live on K-Rock, we also did a live stream on K-Rock's website, K-Rock's mobile app, K-Rock's mobile website, um, and a bunch of other places. And what we found is, depending on where you were in your given day, is how you digested that content. So if you were in your car driving down the 405, you were listening to it on the radio. If you were in the office or somewhere where you could take out a mobile device, you took it out there. And what we found is it created a really compelling experience for consumers that they could um, digest the content however they want. And then for you know, a period of time afterwards, those clips were available on demand from a video and an audio standpoint, and it made for great compelling content. But I think we hear from a lot of musicians, and we have a lot of people come through our offices that are just strictly focused on audio. And what I think really needs to happen is people need to think about images and how that all works together. I think earlier um, uh, we, we, you know, we heard from a, a singing duo here that talked about you know, doing six-second vines, right? That's really a great opportunity to take a look at music in a different way, and it really helped them explode as a group because there was something unique they did with images tied to music, but it was seeded in, mu- uh, in images, and it allowed them to kind of grow their brand. Now, um, if any of you, most of you are from the Bay Area, yes? No? No? Okay. So are all of you familiar with Sarah and Vinny on Alice and Fernando and Greg on 99.7 with, you know, now? Okay. These are two of our biggest shows, right? And about a year ago, we were talking with uh, the talent on both these shows and saying, what could we do to make your shows, um, once again, reach more consumers and listeners in a different way? So I'm going to show you two clips from the shows and kind of how, what, how we approached it. So here's the first one from Sarah and Vinny. Clipping stuff to your belt? What's wrong with that? It's not good. Who does that? Pickpocket people will take it. It's just it, not a good look. It's clipped on. I don't oh, care. Really? Look I w- at Bryn. Bryn. I would use it. Look what Bryn's doing right now. Hold on, what? what? Who cares? <laughs> My phone is big. <laughs> <laughs> See what your I'm phone is clipped to your belt. I'm you, it, it was, it's in a little holster. I used you know, to do that all the time with my BlackBerry. I told them the pockets are small and it gets in the way. I agree. I hate having when my phone in the pocket. Down, it's in the way. Okay. So there's a couple subtle points you have to realize when you look at this video. First off, we're broadcasting the show every day that it's live. Um, the full show in HD. Um, it's available on the Alice website. And you go there... It's shot like television. It's HD RoboCams. We have a digital producer that shoots it. But think about the piece of content they just did, which was over the air and radio as well. They were talking about um, him having his cell phone clipped to his belt. So there's one version of it if you're in your car and you hear them talking about it, um, you know, with him having his phone clipped to his belt. They also later in the show referred to the video clip that was shot. Hey, you got to see this go online to see how big this thing is. So it adds another layer, another dimension to the show. And you know, this has been you know, one of our most successful shows. Um, it's available every day. And um, you know, we, can see, we see continued growth. Now, once we did that, we then went to Greg and Fernando. It's Sarah Harbaugh, the wife to Jim Harbaugh, is on the phone right now. Is this really Sarah Harbaugh? 
Yes, it is. And not very many things make me want to call into a radio station. <laughs> but my friend called me this morning. I'm getting ready to take my kids to school, so I don't have much time, but I, can, okay. I will not. <laughs> I will not take the blame for his outfit. <laughs> so, okay, so this is in its basic form. We're basically simulcasting video from a music shows, right? So there's artists that come on, they do interviews, they do performances, and all this is broadcasted live on, via broadband, so it's almost like we've brought TV to the radio business. We've also uh, enabled a lot of artists to kind of reach the audience in a new way live while they're appearing on these shows. Um, the next piece is broadcast collaboration. So as you probably know, CBS has two fairly large music events that we, we do every year. One's the Academy of Country Music, which is the one that happened in April, um, and the other one's the Grammys. So these shows are streamed, but in addition to the week leading up to these shows, there's a ton of content that the artists come in and they support what they're going to do either on air or the nominees are in it, uh, that are in it. So one of the great things we do with the artists are we'll do like mini documentaries on all album of the year nominees or we'll do mini documentaries on their artists first time they heard themselves on radio. So once again, now we've taken that next step of instead of it just being a simulcast, we're having content created around collaborating with the broadcast, right? It's kind of the next level, the next step in the evolution, and it makes for a really great experience. Um, you know, we see, you know, millions of people coming to look at these clips before the Grammys, the week leading up to it, uh, and the ACMs as well, and it's really a great experience for the consumer, and the artists love it because it's added exposure and uh, it gives a, a lot of opportunity. So as part of that, I'm going to show you one of those clips right now. So we did a, uh, like a mini documentary with Taylor Swift. It's about five to seven minutes long. I'm not going to show you the whole thing. But what we've done is tied our broadcasts, our news broadcasts specifically, where we've done a 60-second cut-down version of that documentary that then gets featured in the nightly news. Um, and then there's a throw to the web to actually watch the whole thing. So let's take a look at this uh, real quick. It's a great piece of content. Taylor Swift is one of the biggest music stars in the world today, and her latest album, Red, has sold more than three million copies since it debuted late last year. In our Inside the Album segment, we take a look at how Taylor is transforming herself from a country queen to a bona fide pop and rock superstar. I remember when we broke up the first time, seeing this is it, I've had enough. Taylor Swift's Red is where Taylor Swift declares, I am a country artist, you know me that way, but I am also the biggest artist in the music industry in the U.S., if not the world. She is not holding back. A total departure from her last album. I, I wanted to take my comfort zone, which at that point was writing songs alone, and I wanted to learn. So... I called up all these people I'm a fan of. Of course, there is the Max Martin factor. He did Britney, Hit Me Baby One More Time. He's done the Kelly Clarkson hits. He's done the Pink hits. Taylor really is sending a signal by working with him that she is going pop. But there are still plenty of um, songs on this album that are very country, actually. I think it's cynical to have any sort of disdain for Taylor Swift for going pop. I knew that no matter what, we were going to probably pick We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together and kind of make people wonder if that was what the rest of the record sounds like when the rest of the record sounds a lot different than that song. And it's, it's exciting to kind of keep people on their toes. Taylor is going to end up being one of the most impactful artists 
of the 21st century. Want more? We've got a longer, in-depth Taylor Swift read inside the album video on our website at radio.com. So the whole point here is now we've, we've taken that next step where we're creating original content that supports what's going on on, on air. As you can see, we have the complete support from the artists, the label, management to kind of create these unique pieces of content. And the two play off each other. So the week leading up to the Grammys, we had a ton of these uh, album of the year uh, documentaries and we, we put them up. So the next step is really starting to work with everybody in the digital industry, right, or digital, uh, digital music business. So here's an example of the K-Rock page within TuneIn. So we've worked very close with TuneIn. We've got a great integration on TuneIn itself, and it's curated by the team at K-Rock. We also have the same thing now on Spotify. We have the same thing on iTunes. We've had it on a bunch of other different digital services. So this is one of those great examples where it's not just about us pushing content and people back and forth between digital and over the air. We're now creating branded experiences in digital. So you can see this here. I urge you all, if you use TuneIn, go, go to TuneIn. You can see the K-Rock page. This is V103. Some of our biggest brands uh, in the United States, we've ended up working very closely with these folks. And um, you'll see us do more and more things along these lines. Now, one of the other things we've done is when you look at strictly music content, we said, you know, what can we do that's like those mini documentaries, that's a, like a hub that we can bring um, original programming that supports artists but also ties into our over-the-air business. So we've kind of reformatted Radio.com into a, uh, um, an interactive music network, and I'm going to show you just a quick sizzle reel here, and then we'll talk a bit about it for a minute. It's daybreak on a new age, and once again, CBS Radio leads the way with our new interactive music network. This is Radio.com. Interactive Music Network featuring original shows like our video documentary series, Radio.com Essentials, a deep dive into people and topics. I'm inspired by so many artists out there. It's a really exciting time to be making music, I think, too. In the day and age of the single, we pushed back and headed the other direction. And Style Files, our award-winning take on music and fashion. A cute and chic look for summer music festivals anywhere. The most wired interactive music network anywhere, presenting live video simulcast of radio shows across the country. It is 7.36 right now as we stream live on v-1z.com. They're like, you know, they're followers. You know, like, oh, you tried it. Hey, oh, Annie Bonaducci. What's happening? The most connective interactive music network anywhere and the biggest streaming platform on the internet today with every CBS radio station and dozens of online exclusive stations and expertly curated and distinctive artist news and interviews. When you hear a song and you know right away that you like it. It was so different. We, did, you know, we didn't know it would be this big. Everybody won't get a chance to make history. And we've taken everything we do and made it to go. Our Radio.com app makes it all mobile, where millions are consuming it. Here, there, everywhere. This is Radio.com. Always on. So I think you get the idea. We're, we're, we're trying to, you know, we've spent the last four years kind of with a building block approach where we start with kind of simple, with simulcasts from video and audio, move to collaborating with the bigger broadcast tent poles, then new originals, now this hub where we're aggregating all this content and, and content from third parties. So, uh, you know, it's one of the things I always talk about uh, when I do these type of things is, 
If you've got great original programming, get in touch with us. We may have a home for it at, at a place like radio.com. Um, one of the things we also have started to see is consumers are very interactive, right? They want to participate with the shows and really do some different things. Now, we, we took a different approach, right? And I'm going to give you an example from sports, which we're bringing to music in the next couple weeks. So this is a, an app we create, created called Audio Roadshow, and we've deployed it at over 30 sports stations around the country. We wanted to get fans involved in the show itself. When you think about that, that, uh, that process I just walked through, this is the next step. Is like, how do we actually get fans involved in the show? And so when there's guests on the show, here's an example from Carmelo Anthony at the beginning of the season. Fans are on this app while they're, he's, he's talking to the host of the show, and it's like a people meter. They're thumb-upping and thumb-downing what he's saying. And then the host is saying, Carmelo, people don't believe you, or Carmelo, everybody's agreeing with you. Um, the next piece, which is one over, is uh, from something we call 10 Seconds of Glory, and I'm going to give you an example of this. The host then also can ask questions of the audience and say, give us your comments on uh, you know, what you think about uh, you know, from last night's Rangers game or about Carmelo Anthony. So I'm going to ask you to turn the volume up on this because this one's a little low. And we're going to listen to it. Uh, let's get some of the Ranger guys in on their 10 seconds, okay? And uh, this is on the suspension. So let's, uh, let's listen to the reaction. Go ahead. How does Haglin's elbow equal three games when Weber's head smash equals $2,500? Something's wrong. All right, let's go. I completely disagree with the suspension. I think suspension should be based on actions and intent and not the result of an injury. I agree with I think it should be on intent. I think intent is the key word there. Go ahead and let me hear another one. I can understand a game suspension, but not a three-game suspension, especially when you see another guy smashing a guy's head into the glass. just doesn't make any sense. That seems- so I'm going to hold it there, but what we've done now is created a way. It's not unusual when the host of a show asks for uh, comments. We'll get 1,000 clips in about five minutes, right? And they go flooding into a laptop or an iPad, that the producer of the show has, they pick four or five of them, they line them up, and they play them on air. The rest get pushed to a website. And the idea here is now to take that next step and, and make things interactive. So in the case of a music show, we're going to take this same experience and ask people to comment on songs, comment on artists, comment on festivals, and really make it an interactive experience so that the consumer can actually join part of the show. Some of the other things we're looking at doing, and, and, and you know, there's some others in the industry like Jelly and LDR that do some of this already, is we're also going to have some applications that help uh, the audience pick songs for different parts of uh, the show. This is a little different, right? It, it's one of those things where, you know, we, we want an audience to give us their feedback on what music they're liking. So this is a great way to do it with, uh, with, our, uh, uh, with our thing called Song Boss. But using the audio comments and the Song Boss piece really will kind of change the way we uh, have consumers experience things that are live on the radio, and when you think about it, we can also use the 10 Seconds of glories, uh, Glory in the concerts we own. It would be no different than somebody going to a concert and leaving a comment that is going to get played for the whole crowd. And so we're now trying to make all this, these experiences um, interactive, which brings me to the next thing. Kind of the next thing we're focused on, which we haven't figured out yet, and there's some, some of you working in this space, is events. Um, In-show apps are really hard because of the bandwidth and venues, right? Now, hopefully that'll all change in the next, you know, 10, 10 years, five years, but it's been this way for over 15 years. When I was in the sports business, um, there's always been connectivity issues in venues, and uh, I know there's some people working on some interesting solutions, 
but right now we're not there. And so, you know, we're looking for different ways for the consumers that are at events to experience it in new ways, right? I think everybody's seen the Coldplay bracelets that they use. Um, you know, we're thinking something a little bit bigger, you know, when it comes to apps. Additionally, what's the model to take that event experience to people that aren't in the venue, right? When you think about uh, NFL football, baseball, there's a broadcast experience, right? You go home, you watch this on a television. You know, I think the, uh, the guy who presented before me was talking about, you know, people on Sunday sit on their couches and, you know, watch TV and watch football. Yes, they do. Um, we're looking for a similar type of uh, experience with uh, events where people can be brought into it, you know, you know, on a late Friday night if somebody's having a concert in your town, you can also experience it even if you haven't gone to the venue. And that's not just simply let's take a video from the venue, right? There's got to be other ways to experience it, and that's what we're trying to tackle right now. So when we look across all these things that we just kind of talked about, I'm going to kind of finish up here. Um, there's some key characteristics that we look at when we're trying to figure out these experiences. First off is you have to marry sight and sound together. It can't just be about audio. There has to be ways to add images to it because it makes it more compelling. Um, we're really big on this next one, which is shared experience. People that go off and create their own playlists, they're listening it to, them, to it by themselves. Um, it, it, it's, pr it's a pretty empty experience. What we're looking for are ways for people to experience through streaming similar experiences or shared experiences so they can talk about it and form communities around it. And the last piece is participation, which is what we just talked about with that app called Audio Roadshow. Obviously, I'm, I'm not here today to talk about social media, but social media plays a big role in that participation as well. Um, we think if you touch on these three things as you're trying to integrate media, you'll end up having a, you know, a win. So just to kind of recap real quickly, we've built this kind of using a, a crawl-walk-run approach, right? It started with simulcasting shows, whether it's audio and video. Then we went into, you know, collaborating with broadcast events like the Grammys or the ACMs. Then there's original collaborative programming like the Taylor Swift documentary you saw that collaborates with you know, either one of our radio stations or one of our TV shows. Then there's interactive, which is the app we, uh, we just showed you, and then events, which is something we're trying to tackle right now. So I urge any of you, if, you're, you, know, if you have apps, technologies, things that can apply to any of these, um, uh, these different models, please come see us, right? Come reach out to us. Uh, we're definitely interested in kind of growing and, and making the consumer experience better. Um, I'm going to finish up there, and I think I finished up on time, um, and open it up to questions. I, I love radio, and I listen to a lot of radio, and I know there's a lot of uh, people. Uh, how, how many you know, listeners do you reach at any particular time? You know, the radio programs I listen to, they could be a thousand people, but you know your audiences. What are the the scope of the audiences like? So you're getting to, we look at our audience across um, local radio, local television, local digital. So in a given week, we reach about sixty three million people, and um, digital only across a month will reach anywhere from you know north of fifty million people, just digitally. So we have a we have a big sizable footprint. And that was really kind of our first goal as we, we reshaped this business was to get the consumer's attention to kind of come and look at our content or listen to our content. Um, radio is a key piece of that, right? We, we have a 
loyal radio audience. Probably, you know, for those of you that live up here, listen to Alice or Live 105, or now if you're in L.A., you may listen to K-Rock or AMP. Um, we, we look at all these building blocks working together, and that's really kind of the, the whole model that we, uh, we were trying to sh show you today was not we're trying to disrupt one or the other. We're trying to bring it together, actually. Any other questions? Thank you, everyone.